July is for the Psalms. Have you heard that yet? July is for the Psalms. We began three years ago taking the month of July and just focusing on the book of Psalms. Oftentimes in the month of July, let's just be honest, our spiritual devotion can, well, it can wane. In the month of July, we need some reminders. Sometimes we need a uh, kick in the seat of the pant in the month of July. And so what we've done is we've taken these months and we've said, let's together as a church just focus all month long on the book of Psalms. And so the first year we focused on the first one third of the book. Last year, the second one third. And this year we finish it up by focusing on the last parts of of the book of Psalms. I have gotten so much feedback from people. Uh, even yesterday, the messages I read on social media as people began to read through the book of Psalms, uh, the last one-third of Psalms, uh, this is an encouragement to a lot of people. And so even if you've not done the first two years with us, let's all roll up our sleeves and do this year. I promise it'll be an encouragement. Let me tell you what the components are. There is a daily reading schedule. We started yesterday in Psalm 103. It's a short psalm, so if you need to catch up, that'll be easy. So go to our website, and you will see the daily reading schedule. It's 8, 10, 12 verses a day. It's not a lot, but we invite you to read our whole church reading the same passage every day as we go through the last third of the psalms. Another thing we want to do is provide some family devotions for you. So we've asked each of our ministers to take one of the psalms that you'll be reading this month and write a devotional uh, for that psalm, a family-focused devotional. And so there will be a few questions, and then there will be a brief video, two, three, four-minute video, and we'll release two of those a week. And every minister on staff has done one of these, and, and uh, they always do a fantastic job. The first two are already on the website, uh, and you as a family can watch these this week. Probably take you about 20 minutes, not to watch the video, the video is short, but to go through the discussion questions and everything, uh, I encourage you to do our family devotions. The next part of this uh, is that we're asking everybody to memorize something uh, in the month of July, for all of our youth and adults, we're asking you to memorize Psalm 138. This psalm is going to give you a vocabulary for praising and worshiping the Lord. If you'll memorize this psalm, it will change the way you pray. Once this gets in your head and heart, it's not very many verses, eight or nine verses, I believe. Memorize Psalm 138. Now, we don't want to leave our children out, so we're asking our children to memorize Psalm 117. Now, we picked a little easier psalm for them, though these two psalms really say essentially the same thing. There are only two verses in Psalm 117. We're going to have some children up here in the next few weeks, and they're going to recite that entire chapter, Psalm 117, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But here's what I want us to do. Let's set a good example and let's, me and you, memorize Psalm 117 right now. Can we do that? Right now. Let's memorize an entire chapter of the Bible. It's not as hard as it sounds, but I'm going to help you with this. Uh, I will read a phrase and then you repeat after me. You got it? Psalm 117.1, here's the phrase. Praise the Lord. Praise the 
Praise the Lord, all nations. Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him. Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him, all peoples. You just memorized a half of a song. So that wasn't, you're smarter than you thought you were. Let's see if we can do the second, second verse. For his faithful love to us is great. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you did it. All right, so let's see if we can go through both verses. I will read them with you, uh, just in case you, you get confused on a, on a word or two. You ready? Let's say them all together. Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him, all peoples. For his faithful love to us is great. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Hallelujah. Now you... Sit down with your kids and your grandkids and tell them you, of course, as a, as a full-grown adult, already know all the verses in the Bible, and you're going to help them learn these two with you. And then we'll have weekly sermons uh, throughout the month of July um, and some great testimonies. Just going to be a good, a good month, good month. So I want to give you a little overview today. And we're going to go quickly, uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, but, but I want to share the what, why, and how of the Psalms. It'll be very basic. Uh, no, none of this is going to be brand new. But these are important things to know as we, as we begin this month. Uh, so first, what are the Psalms? Interesting, interestingly, Psalms was not the original name of the book. In Hebrew, it just says praises. The rabbis began to call it the book of praises, but it wasn't until uh, a couple of centuries before Christ when the Jews uh, translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek that they began to call it Psalms. Now the word Psalms, do you know what that means? Often people think it means songs, S-O-N-G-S, and it has perhaps become uh, to mean that, but here's what it originally meant. The plucking or twanging of strings. And so when I hear someone critical of guitars in worship services, I smile on the inside knowing that you've got a big surprise coming your way when we all get to heaven uh, the book of Psalms, it's God's guitar book. Uh, that's what the word means. But more importantly, the Psalms, these are divinely inspired songs, hymns, prayers uh, used by the Jewish people and now used by the Christians uh, from the earliest days. There are 150 Psalms. Uh, Psalm 119, which I think we'll begin reading next week, has 22 chapters in it. And so altogether we think of about 100 and, what, 171 chapters. Uh, often people think that the Psalms were all written by David. And many of them were, I think about a third. I didn't look that up before I came out here. But 
the songs were written by at least seven different people, and they were written over a 900-year period of time. Uh, reading the Psalms is not like reading many parts of the Bible. Uh, the Psalms are poetry, Hebrew poetry. God loves poetry. Do you know that? Uh, we know that is the case because much of the Bible is, is given to us in poetry. So it's Hebrew poetry. They are songs. They would have been sung. Uh, they are mostly prayers, although there are some exceptions. And Psalm 103 yesterday was one of those exceptions. Uh, they are the expressions of the heart of the psalmist. Almost every possible emotion that a person could have is expressed uh, by a psalmist in the Psalms to, to the Lord. Uh, I want to go through just quickly a list of these, some of these emotions. There are a hundred of them. Uh, but let me just give you an idea. And this will be important later in the message. Uh, there is an expression of grief. Psalm 90:10. Psalmist says, Our lives last 70 years, or for strong 80 years, but even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. The psalmist is grieved over the brevity of life. But then there are psalms where he expresses thankfulness. Psalm 116, he says, I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. He has turned his ear to me. I will call out to him as long as I live. I was helpless and he saved me. The psalmist is thankful. But then there are expressions of depression. Listen to Psalm 88. He says, for I have had enough troubles. My life is near Sheol. That means death. I am counted among those going down to the pit. I am like a man without strength. I am abandoned among the dead. I am like the slain lying in the grave whom you no longer remember and who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest part of the pit in the darkest places. The psalmist overwhelmed with depression. Then there are expressions of love for God. Psalm 42 is a dear longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, my God. There are expressions of hopelessness and des desperation. Psalm 88, you have distanced my friends from me, Lord. You have made me repulsive to them. I am shut in and I can't go out. My eyes are worn out from crying. Lord, I cry out to you all day and I spread out my hands before you. The psalmist is frustrated with God. There are many psalms of frustration. Uh, psalm 31, be gracious to me, Lord, because I am in distress. My eyes are worn out from frustration. In fact, my whole being is well. Indeed, my life is consumed with grief and my years with groaning and my strength is failed because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. There are expressions of guilt. Psalm 51, Lord, wash away, completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin for I am conscience, conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before me. He says, I just can't get over this guilt. The expressions of trust, Psalm 23, 4, you know this, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The expressions of praise, Psalm 113, from the rising of the sun to its setting, let the name of the Lord be praised. The Lord is exalted above the nations and 
his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one enthroned on high? Then there are expressions of anger. This may surprise you. Uh, Psalm 58, the psalmist says, God, knock the teeth out of their mouths. That's in the Bible. And that's not the worst of those. Listen to Psalm 137. The psalmist is so angry. He says, happy is he who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rocks. Now, I've been angry a couple of times at people, but I don't think I have ever said, I wish your kids would be dashed against the rocks. Listen, the psalmist is just sharing his heart. Then there are expressions of happiness. Psalm 126, our mouths are filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We were joyful. See, every emotional, good or bad, expression in life can be found in the Psalms. Now, that brings us to question number two. Why read the Psalms? Uh, the Psalms... It, 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 the Psalms should be read. They should be a big part of our devotional lives. Uh, but let me tell you why. First of all, because they give us a vocabulary to express our hearts to God. Sometimes we just don't know how to say it. Sometimes we don't have good words to express whatever it is that's on, on the inside to our, to our holy God. Uh, I read, a, read something this week by... It was a book, I believe, by Juanita Ryan, and I thought she said this well. She said, the Psalms give us a vocabulary for us to express our hearts. They give us the courage to speak truthfully to God, and they give us the words of celebration so that we can celebrate the goodness of God. So why should we read the Psalms? First, because they give us a vocabulary to express our hearts to the Lord. Secondly, because they teach us how to be honest with our Father. I think one of the reasons why many of us don't have the closeness with God that we could have is because we're just not honest with God, which is a crazy thought because there's nothing that God doesn't already know, but still we struggle to be honest with God. I read this week about Frank Warren, who in 2004 sent out 500 postcards just to random people. And he asked people, he sent out a letter with a postcard in it. He asked people uh, to share their secrets with him. And the only rule was, well, two rules. One is you couldn't put your name, any identifying mark on the card. And then secondly, you had to put something on the card, if you chose to do this, that you have never shared with anyone. And he wasn't sure that anybody would even send a card back, but as it turned out, almost everybody did. And then he put them on a website, and he invited people to send him postcards with a secret that they have never shared with anybody. That website, it's still going, a lot of years, 19 years. Uh, it is the largest advertisement-free blog in the world. Almost a billion visitors. And I was reading some of those secrets this week, and it's not all 
G-rated, so I'm not recommending it for our children, but it's, it's fascinating. People share things that some of it is not a big deal, but some of it, it uh, well, you can just see their pain in their secret. They, they share something that they feel about their spouse that they've always been scared to say. They talk about regrets. They talk about things they've done to people or things people have done to them. And, and it's really haunting to read through these. But the question is, why would people do that? Why? Why would people write their deepest, darkest secret on a card and send it off to somebody? Stick a stamp on it. So, I mean, you've got some investment in this. Well, because I, I believe that God has built into our hearts this need to be honest, to share, to not hold anything back. You know, occasionally somebody will come for counseling. Not often that this happens, but occasionally somebody will come and say, Pastor, I've just got to tell you something. I don't want your advice. I don't want a Bible verse. I don't even need you to talk. I just got to tell you. And they'll tell me some secret, and then they'll get up and leave. Why did they do that? There's something in us where we've just got to share. We, those secrets held in are, are dangerous, cancerous. But I imagine all of the millions of people who've sent secrets into that website for them, they thought it would be cathartic. They thought it would help. I guarantee you it didn't. Because it's not a website that we need to share with. It's the Lord. And the Psalms give us the vocabulary, the courage, the language to share our deepest thoughts. Do you have somebody you dislike so much that you wish their children's heads would be bashed against the rocks I hope not but if you do tell it to the Lord right there shouldn't be any secret that we're holding on the inside the Psalms give us that language that that conduit to share these with the Lord the third reason is that uh, the Psalms are therapeutic. I've really already said that, but uh, God brings healing through the Psalms. The next one is God teaches us the value of his word through the Psalms. When you read the Psalms, especially when we get to Psalm 119 next week, we'll, we'll, we'll be reminded of just how valuable it is. In Psalm, 1, in Psalm 19, he talks about how the Bible is like pure gold or sweet honey. The final reason I want to give you that we should read the Psalms is the best reason Jesus read the Psalms. Do you know that? Jesus quoted the book of Psalms more than any other book in the Old Testament. I think it would be a fair statement to say that Jesus's favorite book in the Bible was the Psalms. And we see Jesus quoted all the time. It just seems like the Psalms were always on the tip of his tongue and he constantly, continually was quoting the Psalms. In Matthew 22, when the Pharisees pushed Jesus and said, they demanded, in fact, tell us who you are. What did Jesus say? Quoted Psalm 110. 
When Jesus was on the cross and the agony was so great, what did Jesus say? He quoted Psalm 22. When Jesus was betrayed by Judas, a friend and a disciple, someone he had spent time with, and when Judas walks away, you know what Jesus said? Jesus quoted Psalm 31.5. When Jesus was on the cross and he breathed his last breath, that last breath through, with which he could, he could force it through his vocal cords, you know what he said? Psalm 31.5. You see, the Psalms were valuable to Jesus. They were a salve for him to handle his emotions. Jesus was fully human and fully divine. He had every emotion that you and I face. And how did Jesus handle emotions? Just, just read the Gospels. Every time he was emotional, he quoted the Psalms. They were valuable to Jesus as, uh, as wisdom to answer questions. When people would ask Jesus a question, often his answer would be a psalm. And they were for him vocabulary for honoring the Father. When Jesus would praise the Father, speak to the Father, he would often use the psalms. Now, we're way out of time, but let me, let me tell you number three, how to read the psalms. Uh, the psalms are so great, but... I think for most of us, we don't benefit, uh, I hate to use that word, but we, we, don't, we don't experience the fullness of what God has for us in the Psalms. And, and I've been talking about how great they are, and I, I know some of you, you've been in the Bible for years and years and years, and you, you're thinking, they're not that great to me, Pastor. I think the reason we don't fully appreciate the Psalms is just we don't know how to read them. Uh, you can't read the Psalms like you read all the rest of the Bible. In fact, if I could give you some advice, biblical advice, don't read the Psalms. Now that might sound contrary to what I've been saying, but let me go further. How do we read the Psalms? How do we engage? Number one, read them aloud. Usually when we talk about reading something in our culture, in our time, we're thinking about reading it in our heads. The Psalms were never meant to be read in your head. The Psalms are songs. They would sing them. They would say them out loud. The Psalms were never meant to be here. They were meant to be here. And you might think, well, that doesn't make a difference. Try me. Try the Lord. Speak the Psalms aloud. I promise you it'll make a difference. Colossians 3 tells us how the first church engaged with the Psalms. And it says that they would sing them aloud. How do you learn a foreign language? Well, you read it for sure, but then you listen to it and you speak it. You can't learn it without speaking it. Read the Psalms aloud. Next, pray the Psalms. The Psalms are prayers, most of them. Uh, they would be prayers that would be sung, but they were prayers. Uh, I should go back and say, perhaps I've said this before, but this whole idea of praying in your head, 
reading in your head, thinking in your head. Uh, That is somewhat of a modern invention. Uh, In the Old Testament times, nobody read in their head, okay? Nobody prayed in their head. In fact, the first record we have of this is uh, in uh, Augustine's Confessions, uh, written about 350 A.D., so this would have been the fourth century after Christ, and he encounters a rhetorician that would read silently, and it was so weird to him that he wrote it down. Can you believe this guy's reading silently? We have taken all this communication with God, prayer and reading, and, and we've taken it and turned it into something that it never was in the Bible. The reading was never silent. The praying was never silent. The singing, of course, is not silent. And so we ought to read aloud. Uh, Then we ought to pray the Psalms. Put your prayers in the Psalms and put the Psalms in your prayers. So when you read your Psalm for the day, read a verse, pray what comes to your mind. Then read another verse. Pray what comes to your mind. Next, engage the whole body with the Psalms. Uh, Now, I'm going to quickly read through some verses just to show you how the Psalms were originally proclaimed. And you're not going to like any of this, okay? (laughs) Uh, You're going to think that, um, well, the pastor's wearing a a fishing shirt. We should have expected something crazy like this. But just listen to these. I'm going to go very quickly. Psalm 138. I will bow down before your holy temple. Psalm 95. Come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Psalm 47. Clap your hands all you people. Shout to God with a jubilant cry. Psalm 123. Lift your eyes to the Lord. Psalm 134, lift up your hands in this holy place. Psalm 135, give praises, you servants of the Lord, and stand up. Psalm 150, praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and a flute. Psalm 33, 2, praise the Lord with the lyre. Make music to him with a ten-stringed harp. Verse 3 says, sing a new song to him, play skillfully on the strings with a joyful shout. Psalm 150, praise him with resounding cymbals, with clashing cymbals. Listen, we love to have people over at our home and throw something on the grill or play some cards or something. But there's one thing I don't want you to witness at my house. You'll never get invited for this. I don't want you to watch me watch football, okay? Uh, it's, uh, I'm just afraid you would never be able to see me as your pastor again. It's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, uh, I, I complete all of my rings during a football game, if you know what I mean. And uh, they're standing, they're sitting. I don't guess technically kneeling, but I do occasionally have to fall to my knees. 
my arms are up in the air, there are shouts of joy, there are other kind of shouts. Um, it's a very active experience. Um, I, uh, sometimes my nose is about three inches from the television. Sometimes my head is buried under a pillow. Now, before I go to bed on Saturday night, uh, football season, always I want to know what all the teams did. So I read the box scores. You know, I'm just, I pull them up online. I want to, and I read through, you know, the scores. And now when I read the box scores, there's not anything very emotional. Unless my wife's team has lost or something. It's just pretty, I just, I'm just curious. I am curious. I want to know. But uh, it's not a very emotional uh, experience. We've been reading the Psalms like they're box scores. You know, we're interested, we're curious, we value them. But we need to read the Psalms like your pastor watches the Iron Bowl, okay? And when you, when you look, honestly, from a Baptist pastor, the Psalms were calisthenics. The Psalms were up and down, arms up, shouts, claps, kneels, head up, head down. The Psalms are one of the most valuable things that God has given to us. I think some of the emotional struggles and the frustrations and our inability to handle discouragement and grief and depression I think one of the reasons is because we're just, we've ignored this valuable gift that God's given us, the Psalms. We read them like we read the newspaper. But what if this month, what if this month you read with us a dozen verses a day, you went through the reading list, and you read it aloud. If nobody's looking, you stick your hands up in the air maybe. I mean, if nobody else is in the house, you kneel down on the floor. And if nobody's next door, you shout it. What if we went through the Psalms this month and we engaged with the Psalms just as they were given to us? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it would change our lives. Head bowed, eyes closed. We didn't get to Luke 24, but I want to read one verse, just nobody looking around, just as quiet as you can. Jesus had walked with some, a couple of men, some disciples that didn't recognize him and until the very end he reveals himself and, and he says this to them, Luke 24, 44. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The Psalms are about Jesus. And if we'll dig deeply, if we'll read slowly, if we'll put our whole heart and mind and body into it, we'll learn of Jesus, we'll lean on Jesus, and we'll love Jesus more. Father, Bring us to your throne through the Psalms. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.